0: And this is Sarah. And this This is... is The Chick Chats. So, wow, episode four, here we come. You're always so excited. I know, I feel like each episode is going to be the greatest episode ever. But I will say that episode three, our 90s one, it's been my favorite so far. And I definitely think that it's been the best one.
1: You know, even though I wasn't a fan of the original topic... I have to say, I agree. I thought that episode was really good. And you got into it, too. Yeah. I did, because I got to cover the best video games of the 90s.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you did, and you had fun covering that. We covered a lot of things in the episode, so I think that it's a good episode for anyone to listen to, even if they're not into the 90s. Not
1: just the episode, but we created Pinterest boards, one just... For the 90s itself, featuring some things we talked about in the episode, as well as other nostalgic 90s things. As well as a Pinterest board for the best video games of the 90s list, which I covered. Including where to get the games and some cool videos about each of the games. I have to say, I had a lot of
0: fun putting together that 90s board. It was so much fun. Okay, so
1: that was our last episode. What is this episode called? This one is about movies and drive-in theaters, which we have named Stranded at the Drive-In. And it's not for the song. We literally got stranded at the drive-in one time. Yeah. The very first time we went to the
0: drive-in movie, we were in my car listening to the movie through my radio. My battery ran down at the very end when we were getting ready to go home.
1: Yeah, it would have been a great night. We got to see one of the Fast and the Furious movies and one of the Star Trek movies, and then we couldn't leave.
0: Yeah, but thankfully there was a golf cart coming by.
1: That specifically had this little uh, car jumper attached to it. I think it happened to several other people that very night, yeah. if I remember correctly.
0: So they were prepared, and we are very grateful for that.
1: Exactly. <laughs> or, or else we might still be there. <laughs> Hello. One reason why we wanted to cover this besides our love of movies and the fact that we got stuck at a drive-in was because this is the end of the summer season, both for movies and the season for seeing drive-in movies.
0: Drive-ins have a long history, but they're coming back.
1: You kind of think, how did this come about? Who thought of the idea to watch a movie in their car? And literally, this guy had an idea to watch movies in his car, tested it out in his backyard with some blankets and some trees, and in 1933, he opened his first one. Not in his backyard, I might add. (laughs) Even though the theater was only open for three years, it had already caught on. By 1950s and 60s, they were incredibly popular. And some drive-ins even had things such as petting zoos to lure people in. (laughs) Now, I would say I
0: would be more willing to go to a drive-in if it had a petting zoo.
1: Especially if that petting zoo had a penguin.
0: Yes, I love animals. I love penguins. I would go to drive-ins hands down a lot more over regular theater.
1: So anybody who has a drive-in theater with a penguin, please let us know. Yes, and I will
0: come and I will even promote it for you. I never thought of this, but I guess the cost of owning and drive-in is probably cheaper, because you don't have to pay for the building. You don't
1: have to pay for air conditioning.
0: Which is big in Texas.
1: And you don't have to pay for the power for some of the radios.
0: Yeah, because people have the radios in their cars.
1: And when it comes to the screen, It's I just mean, like
0: a big billboard.
1: Yeah. Hey, we should <laughs>
0: open up our own drive-in. Uh,
1: no. no. I would rather have a regular movie theater. But they do have their downfalls, including some of the reasons which led to their decline. Do you know what that was? What? Well, the privacy in all the cars at night allowed it for developing a reputation as a passion pit. Ooh la la. Ooh la la is right. In fact, to recover some losses, some drive-ins even started to show some risque movies late at night to recover income. Huh? That probably didn't help their being known as a passion pit. Probably
0: not. I guess they would show, not porn, but they would probably show some abstract
1: art film. It was porn. Are they you serious? Porn. They sh- Some showed porn. Wow. Actual porn. Wow. I know. But some of them actually wound up staying open, and lots of them that were closed are now being restored mm-hmm. and coming back. Yeah, they are. Huffington Post had a list of the best drive-in theaters around the country. What were they? So, according to them, number one on the list is the Skyway Drive-In Theater in Fish Creek, Washington. That's a random place. Mm -hmm. I've never even heard of it. The Swan Drive-In in in Blue Ridge, Georgia. Stars and Stripes Drive-In, Lubbock, Texas. (laughs) Can you imagine
0: going to Lubbock, Texas to a drive-in?
1: Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Look at their sign. We'll have to post a picture of it. It's really neat. I like the vintage retro look.
0: Yeah, it is vintage, which a lot of the new ones
1: don't have. Number four on the list is Highway 21 Drive-In in in Beaufort, South Carolina. I think it's interesting that these are a lot of
0: non-prominent places that you haven't heard of.
1: And a lot of them are in the south. That's true. Number five, the Coyote Drive-In in in Fort Worth, Texas, which which is where we got stranded. Yeah. It's actually really good. you know the last time they had food trucks? Yeah, the food trucks were cool. Number six, Salco Drive-In in Seiko, Maine. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Another
0: place I've never heard of.
1: Hulls Drive-In, Lexington, Virginia. An actual place that I've heard of. <laughs> Starlight Drive-In, Wichita, Kansas. There's a drive-in in Kansas. In Wichita, Kansas. Ooh. Wellfleet Drive-In in Wellfleet, Massachusetts. Sunset Drive-In in San Luis, California. I can see California having one. Oh, yeah. It makes perfect sense. they the weather, so beautiful. Yeah. And that is it. That is the wow. list.
0: So they are making a comeback in some rather random spots, but they've definitely evolved. What did you kind of expect before we went to the one in Fort Worth?
1: You know, I'd never been to a drive-in movie, so I didn't really have any expectations other than it would be awesome. See, I kind
0: of pictured how it would be like back in the day.
1: Okay, so what do you see?
0: I saw the metal trays that you hung on the side of your car to put your concessions on, the speaker box that was a permanent fixture Instead of listening to it out of your car radio.
1: I think that might be good to have so that way you don't have to worry about... Your battery. Your battery dying, like us. Yeah. I think they actually had the little stands outside your car and Uh you just brought it into your car. Or you had it directed into your car.
0: Yeah, I was expecting something like that. I was also expecting people to sit in their car. It's a drive-in, not a sit-in.
1: I will have to say, I don't think drive-in theaters accounted for trucks and SUVs, which we have so many of today. Especially in Texas. And I personally have a really good idea of how to solve this problem. So if anybody has a drive-in theater, contact me. (laughs) I think that for us, our expectations and our experience were two different things. I think we had
0: more in mind of the nostalgic how they were.
1: Mm -hmm. I had an amazing time. I understood that it was outside so I knew it was going to be a little bit hot. I wasn't expecting so many different types of concessions. That was cool. So that was really neat. I appreciated it for what it was. Now when it's a little bit more crowded and you're in the back because of the SUV truck thing it's not the most ideal. Well
0: I wasn't expecting not being able to have a good view.
1: So there was a lot of kids and families At this screening, that's probably some of the reason for some of the disparities between the two.
0: Yeah, but you still have the people walking around. I'm all about being immersed in the movie. And at a drive-in, you cannot do that.
1: I think that's a very excellent point of view, Sheila. If you're one of those people who you want to watch the movie and you don't want any interruptions... Drive-in theater is not for you.
0: No, which is why I don't really like them.
1: But if you're going out to hang out with friends and you're excited to see the movie and those things don't bother you, like me, then it's a great way to see a movie, in my experience. However, I also have a short list of how to enrich your drive-in movie experience.
2: Mm.
0: Why haven't you given me this list? Maybe I need this list. You didn't ask. Okay, so maybe if I go back to a drive-in, my experience will be
1: enriched? Possibly. No promises and no compensation for any disappointments in said list. But here is the list. The biggest rule about how to fully enjoy it is to plan ahead. Know what you're going to see. Get there in plenty of time so you can get a good spot. And I would say
0: planning ahead also means looking at the weather channel.
1: Yes. Two, taking what you found out about the weather, bringing some battery-operated fans, money for some drinks at the concession stand. Make sure that there's no possibility of
0: tornadoes since we are in Texas, Tornado Alley. Wouldn't that be awful if you were sitting there watching? No. Imagine. I'm I'm sorry, everybody. She's trying to get me to see that new tornado movie that's coming out. Into the Storm? Oh, okay. But no, imagine that you're sitting there, either in your car or outside of your car in the lawn chair. They have a retro night, so they brought back the movie Twister. And then all of a sudden you're caught up in a Twister during the movie. No, all of a sudden you see the Twister come slashing across, hitting the screen. You see the boards fly, you see people running, and there goes your popcorn. The little kernels. (laughs) That's your concern? (laughs) Is your popcorn? Well, yeah, popcorn's amazing. (laughs) These little kernels go flying into the air, and you're like, there's my popcorn. And then you realize. And then you're like, that tornado just stole my popcorn. And then once you get over the shock of having your popcorn stolen, that's when you worry about the tornado
1: that would be my first thought, is don't take my popcorn. Not, oh my goodness, there's a twister coming right through.
0: Number one, I would be mad at the tornado for ruining my movie. Number two, I would be mad at the tornado for sucking up my popcorn. Number three, I would be mad at the tornado for possibly damaging my car. Or spoiling the movie. If it's Twister, you already know what's going to happen. So it fits right into that plot. The
1: only thing funnier than than this really elaborate, well-thought-out, I don't know if this would be a fear or dream or, or whatever of yours. Experience. Is the fact that this is something that you've thought about, but then again, you did have Titanic birthday parties, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that we talked about last episode. So getting back to my actual list of enjoying the drive-in movies to the fullest, Making sure you wear something appropriate for the climate. And I would say appropriate for the people
0: surrounding you. No naughty bits showing. It's a family environment, unless you're seeing, like, an R-rated movie. Huh?
1: Also make sure to bring some mosquito repellent. Mosquitoes don't bite me, so I wouldn't need that rule. Well, last time we went, I didn't even have time to get on my mosquito repellent and one bit me. I mean, I am like a smorgasbord to them or something. Yeah. The next thing you need to think about is optimum comfort inside your vehicle or outside. So bringing lawn chairs, preferably lawn chairs that have got a cup holder or a little table for your concessions. Or if you're going to be inside the vehicle, where are you going to sit? Did you bring pillows? Did you bring anything else to make it a little bit more comfy? The cup holder, that's important
0: because you don't want a wet crotch. If you don't have a cup holder. You have to keep the cup in between your legs, and the condensation makes your crotch wet. I think you
1: just wanted an excuse to say wet crotch in the podcast. No, because
0: I've had that experience of having a wet crotch because I had nowhere to put my drink. Huh?
1: Okay, so making sure you have a cup holder inside or outside the vehicle is a very good thing. Yes. And then finally, making sure you have the energy to get through the double feature, because you are paying for the double feature. And that's my list of making the best of the drive-in movie. I hope it was very insightful and helpful. Yay! Summer is a peak season for drive-ins, but unfortunately the summer season has not had many movies that really piqued our interest. No, I mean, there was even a news article that I read online about this.
0: This summer's movies has been so limited. There haven't been that many blockbusters. There really haven't. Because there's been a lot of crappy movies that have come
1: out. But there has been some hidden gems, or not-so-hidden gems in this case. We did find a couple of movies Mm -hmm. that really, really rocked for us this summer. Yeah,
0: I mean, we saw a lot of movies, so this is like digging through the rubble
1: find the good stuff. So this is... The Chick Chats Chats Movie Review. review. Take it away,
0: Sheila. Okay, the top one, and I think a lot of people will agree with this, even if you're not a comic book fan. Guardians of the Galaxy. Groot. Yes, we'll talk about Groot. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) loves Groot. Groot's cool. He has one word.
1: No, he has I, am, and Groot. Oh, he has one phrase. He has three words, one phrase. And my friend Lynn actually found a plugin for some different web browsers that will change every word in the text to the phrase, I am Groot. But then you can't enjoy the website. You turn it on and off. Okay, so you can undo it. Yes. It's not like a permanent thing. That
0: would be terrible if it was.
1: kind of wish I hadn't told you. I would have really liked to have gone in there and then done that to you and just <laughs> be like, what happened? Why is it saying I am Groove? You would know it was me, though. Yeah, maybe. Um, I'm kind of known for my slight prankster nature. I'm a nice prankster, if I do say so myself. Okay, you say so yourself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, Guardians of the Galaxy was an amazing movie. It was different than Marvel has come out with, because it was a comedy.
1: Yeah, it was a lot more lighthearted or satirical than you see a lot of the other superhero movies being. But I do think the latest Amazing Spider-Mans are another step in that direction, too. Yeah. I know you don't like the new Spider-Mans, but I do. Because I felt like the old ones kind of missed the mark a little bit, and they took themselves almost too seriously.
0: No, see, I think the new ones miss the mark by making it more into a comedy-drama. For Guardians, though, it was a perfect balance. It was, and also a lot of people can enjoy it, too. It appeals to a mass audience, whereas the other ones appealed more to the comic book crowd, which I'm not.
1: <laughs> so you made fun of me and my love for Groot. Groot is really cool because he's tough, but so sweet and kind, and he's got all these cool abilities. But who was your favorite character?
0: <sighs> I have two. Okay. Okay. It's the duo. You can't do Groot without Rocket Raccoon. That is so
1: true. It is that duo that was my favorite. I think you're right. I think as a duo, they really were my favorite characters. Yeah. And those two characters are so iconic. I can't even get a Funko Pop Groot character everywhere I go
0: sold out. Why don't you explain to people what that is? Because if you told me that without me seeing it, I wouldn't know what that was.
1: So Funko Pops are basically these little plastic replicas of different characters. Most of them can bobble their head. Mm -hmm. They're kind of cartoony looking. Oversized head in proportion to the body. I haven't really bought any except when I knew that they had the Guardians of the Galaxy ones coming out. Mm -hmm. I knew I had to get a Groot and a Rocket one. Mm -hmm. I've got my Rocket one, but there's no Groot.
0: It's because Groot is so popular. Whoever thought that a tree could be so
1: popular? I know. And why weren't you able to get one? Well, when I went to Fan Appreciation Day in Dallas, they were completely sold out because this girl had bought 18. Who buys 18 of them? Well, she was going to make them into a little potted Groot. She should have at least left her cards. She could have <laughs> had a sell. <laughs> I know. If it's good enough, I would have been thrilled to have the potted Groot. but she didn't leave her card That is a bad marketing strategy. Definitely. So I heard that you found something
0: that was big in the news about Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh Uh-huh. There was something really cool that I saw on the news. It was all over the internet. Bill Mantelow, he created the Rocket Raccoon character. Unfortunately, in 1992, he got hit by a car. He was in an accident while rollerblading. That's so sad. He was in a coma for a while. And when he finally recovered, he had brain damage that couldn't be fixed. So, since he was one of the original creators, and since he couldn't go to the premiere of something that he helped create, Marvel went to the healthcare facility that he's at and did a special screening just for him. That is so amazing, I have to say. And not only did they bring the movie to him, but they also did it before it was released. And didn't he get some cool swag to go along with it, yeah, too? Yeah, he got some Rocket the Raccoon gear and like stuffed animals and stuff. I mean, they have pictures, and he looks so
1: happy and so excited. You could tell this guy is just hes so touched. And they even have him in the credits, too. Mm-hmm. And when Marvel
0: reportedly purchased the rights to Rocket Raccoon, They made a donation to help with his medical care that he's receiving.
1: It's, again, above and beyond. I'm just, I am so impressed with Marvel.
0: Yeah, that was awesome of Marvel to do. A lot of studios, I think, would not even think to do that. Yeah. So props to them.
1: Well, I'll tell you who did not get props about the Guardians of the Galaxy. There was a big faux pas that was in the news recently where a theater played the wrong movie to the Guardians of the Galaxy crowd. This happened at a theater in New Jersey, and instead of getting Guardians of the Galaxy, they started playing Rise of the Guardians, the Pixar (laughs) Christmas movie where Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny have this League of Extraordinary Gentlemen type thing going on.
0: (laughs) Whose fault was it?
1: Well, I think somebody just typed in Guardians for the name of the movie on the computer, yeah. So it's not like they didn't order the wrong movie. Yeah, just they, mislabeled.
0: Yeah. Man, can you imagine if you're sitting in the audience so excited for that movie to start? A movie that everyone's buzzing about and talking about and excited about. And then you see not only Rise of the Guardians, but it's also a Christmas movie.
1: But apparently this wasn't quite an unusual mistake because another theater in Richmond, Virginia also made the same mistake. How would you do that? The Um, responses from some of the people in the theater who are using their cell phone when they're not supposed to be, ironically, is just absolutely funny. This guy, Dean, said totally trolled as our local theater accidentally started showing Rise of the Guardians instead of Guardians of the Galaxy. One girl, Maddie, was tweeting, Oh my goodness, they're not playing it. A couple of minutes later, I'm mad but also laughing. <laughs> they <laughs> gave us free tickets, though. And then later she said, Depending on what time I get home, I can hopefully see Guardians of the Galaxy tomorrow night. Hashtag pray for Maddie. Well, Maddie, I hope you got to see it. So, theaters, if you're listening,
0: be careful. You don't want to mishap like that.
1: You can have a ride on your hands. I know, right? So, what's the next movie on our list, Sheila? The The Giver. Giver.
0: I recently saw The Giver Without You, and you and I recently saw Divergent on Redbox. I've never seen The Hunger Games. I don't plan to. But what is with this dystopian teen theme trend going on in movies?
1: I don't know. Maybe it's a response to our changing political climate that's going on right now. No,
0: I think authors and movie studios are like, oh, wow, this is successful,
1: so now I'm going to do it. But I did hear something in the news where they were kind of comparing the lead actress in Divergent to the lead character in The Hugger Games. So there's a lot of similarities, I think, between the two storylines and the two characters, but still very different. I would say The Giver... Is basically the same movie,
0: except it's the philosophical version.
1: Of Divergent or The Hunger Games?
0: Of Divergent. Okay. Divergent is the action-packed version. So if you smushed them into one movie... No, I'm just kidding. You would have a action-packed philosophical movie.
1: That would be my type of movie. I'd be all game for that.
0: I didn't like The Giver, but it might have been because I saw Divergent first.
1: So you had something to compare it to.
0: Yeah, and The Action Pact might have seemed more exciting to me.
1: What is The Giver about? The
0: Giver is about the society that was built up in response to past destruction. One teen who has been assigned a role in society, it's a closed-in society, finds out that the leaders are basically brainwashing them and giving medicine to kind of keep down the conflict, and they don't want them getting past the walls. And only one person called the Giver has memory of their past. In the city? Yes. Okay. Yes. Interesting. What is Divergent about?
1: I really like Divergent. I thought it was a very good movie. Mm-hmm. It was. Divergent is about after the ashes of this great conflict comes a society that picks up the pieces in a very different way. They form several different classes that people are sorted into once they come of age. Just like the giver. Once they get put into their house, that is their family. Mm Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to really have any more interactions with anybody of the other houses. They're just mm-hmm. to stick to their house and then let the leaders of their house handle everything else.
0: And when you say house, you mean like the role that they've been assigned.
1: Yeah, clan, grouping, whatever. Mm-hmm. Each of these different factions are sorted by the things that they value and the, the things that they kind of thought started the war. Some value justice and honesty, helping others, mm-hmm. being protectors. Right. Knowledge. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the last one. I don't either. Hmm.
0: I think I would be the candor section.
1: (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yeah, you are good at telling it like you see it, which is why we created this podcast.
0: (laughs) Which one would you pick?
1: I don't know. I would hope that I try to embody all of those different characteristics. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think I'd be Divergent. Honestly.
0: And Divergent is somebody who has multiple characteristics.
1: They can't just be sorted into one faction. Mm -hmm. They don't just go along with the crowd. You have to go see it. It's available on Redbox and I believe Netflix now too.
0: And on demand and stuff like that. So watch it. It's a really good movie. Even though it's a dystopian teen-themed movie, I think it's one that appeals to a lot of people. So... Now we're getting into a couple of movies that I personally didn't like.
1: Let's start with Lucy. Lucy. If you haven't seen the promos for Lucy, Lucy basically asked the question of what does it mean to be human?
0: Well, and what percentage of our brain do we use? And if we end up using more, what happens to us?
1: I almost felt like I kind of
0: wanted my money back. Exactly. You didn't really want to see it in the first place.
1: I kind of had a feeling that it was either gonna be really good or really bad, and I was kind of thinking that it was gonna be bad.
0: So, you wanted to wait till the dollar movie to see it?
1: I wanted to wait till the dollar movie, so that way I didn't feel like I invested too much in it. Yeah. But um, I will say, special effects were very cool hmm Give it some props for that. But I think it's best bits who were in the trailer, which was something you see happen sometimes.
0: Yeah, and this movie, it definitely happened. I mean, there were good moments, like you said, but...
1: There's parts where it dragged on, here's an end.
0: It fizzles out. What,
1: what if? if...
0: Another movie that you wanted to talk about, but I don't even remember seeing...
1: So we were one of the lucky few who actually got to see a early screening before the movie was ever released, which is why we decided to do a podcast review of it after it's been released.
0: It stars Daniel Radcliffe, so you think, it's going to be good. He's a really good actor, and then it has this actress I've never heard of.
1: What If is one of those, I think, down-to-earth, quirky love stories that was something that you might actually see in real life. You don't think so?
0: No. I think it tried to be that quirky, down-to-earth love story, like 500 Days of Summer, but it didn't make it.
1: Do you think that they were trying too hard?
0: Yes. I think the writing was trying too hard, and then some of the actors and actresses were. Daniel Radcliffe I thought was really good, but there were some that you're like, really? They can't act. They can't carry the story.
1: It's not my favorite love story. Personally, there was too much fecal matter jokes for me. Yes,
0: I hated that.
1: In the end, I was rooting for this couple. I think it had a very indie movie feel to it. It did,
0: but being an indie film doesn't mean that it has to be an awkward indie film. There are some indie films that are really good.
1: Do you think that indie movies kind of have this stereotype of being the awkward, weird comedy movies?
0: Yeah, they are seen that way, but they're becoming less so. Mm -hmm. Indies are becoming more mainstream, more accepted. More theaters are playing limited release films. That's cool. And you and I have seen some of those in theater.
1: Yeah, that's true. So what is the last movie review on our list? Okay, the last movie is
0: actually a children's movie. One of the very few children's movies that came out.
1: Maleficent.
0: I have a hard time saying that. That's why I wanted you to say it. I figured
1: as much. Maleficent. You just wanted to try to hear me say it. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Maleficent was really, really good. Mm -hmm. You know, one of my friends didn't want to see this movie because she was afraid they were going to make Maleficent out to be a good character and the hero. But I don't think that's what this was. It was about her, and it
0: showed her backstory. It made you have a little bit of sympathy for her, but at the same time, it was a movie about justice.
1: I think there were some good lessons in it. It came from her perspective. You saw mm-hmm. her life story, mm-hmm. and you related to her. Right. You felt for her. I mean, it made you sympathize with her,
0: but at the same time, you still know that, yes, she's known as the villain in this story, but it showed you why she was a villain.
1: And just because you kind of related to her didn't mean that you necessarily agreed with all of her actions.
0: Right. And I have to say, Angelina Jolie... I can't think of anybody else to be in that role for that movie. She knocked it out of the park. The makeup was
1: perfect. Even when it was her own little girl that was in that one scene, (laughs) like, asking for her to pick her up, you could tell that she's trying to stay in the role, but you know she had this conversation before they started rolling, saying, okay, now Mommy's just pretending. She doesn't mean this when she says this, you know? And do you know why her own daughter
0: had to be in that role? Why? Well, because when they were auditioning kids, other kids were too scared of her in the costume. So they had to use Angelina Jolie's daughter because she was the only one that wasn't scared of her.
1: <laughs> you know what? I think that's a good thing, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, it
0: shows that she was able to embody the character.
1: Yeah, well, and so. I think it's a great opportunity for her kid, too. Oh, yeah. It's go to work with Mommy Day. But in addition, you get to actually participate in Mommy's work. (laughs) You can't do that in many roles. You know, when I went to the go to work with Father Day, I didn't get to take over his computer programming job for a day. Which Man. I think was probably a really good idea. that
0: project that he was working on at the time would have been a disaster. One 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 zero zero. I don't know what that is in binary code.
1: You just probably said something very naughty in. Binary I know code. I probably
0: cussed <laughs> out our <laughs> listeners in binary code. I'm sorry. I'm not a computer programmer. You know if you are, what's I'm really sorry. funny
1: is that you keep on talking about how you're not a geek, and you just made reference to saying something in binary code. Well, okay. The reason I say
0: that and the reason I know what binary code is is because when I was in high school, one of the AP classes that I took was computer programming. What? I no. was I was not good at it. It was very basic computer programming, just the code. I was terrible at it. I'm oh, good at it. Yeah funny that's one reason why you do most of our website
1: well and even i'm going into a lot of this stuff knowing little and growing but html and all that coding stuff been there done that no thank you so let's talk about some of the movies we're looking forward to from this fall winter season okay so fall
0: looks like it's going to be a much better season than summer was yeah which i'm so excited about But at the same time, bummed because I'll have less time to go to the movies because my classes start back up. But I'm still going to go see these movies, particularly the ones that we're going to talk about. So what is your number one that you're looking forward to?
1: My personal number one can't wait for it movie is The The Hobbit. Hobbit. I am so excited for that movie.
0: I should have known because you're
1: a Lord of the Rings fan. The Hobbit is a really, really good story. And I think Peter Jackson and the team is doing a great job with it. I think it's just not quite as good as the Lord of the Rings trilogy.
0: You want to know something? Hmm. I was in the Hobbit play.
1: That makes sense. (laughs) What is that supposed to mean? You're a good actress. You can play anything. Uh
0: Uh-huh. So who did you play? I played Baldwin. That's a dude.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You played a male dwarf. Well, good for you. There weren't that many female characters in the story. There's really not. In fact, I have mixed feelings about the character that they created in the second Hobbit movie. The love interest for one of the dwarves, and I can't remember the name for the life of me. they created? Yes, the elvish character. She was not in the books. It's an adapted work. I think that's fine. I have mixed feelings. The part of me that read The Hobbit is not as crazy about some of these little things that are snuck in that weren't in the book, Mm -hmm. but from a movie viewer perspective, I really liked it. I'm pulling for them. Well, the
0: female in me would have been glad to have gotten that created role instead of being a male dwarf.
1: Could have been worse. One Halloween, I was actually Mr. Spock. (laughs) with the Vulcaneers and everything. <laughs> we were there for at least an hour trying to get those things off. Well, I thought I was going to have to go to school with Vulcan ears. next well, day. Well, why
0: didn't you do that? Go to school with Vulcaneers.
1: Most of the kids would not have understood. They just would have thought you were a weirdo? Well,
0: they already knew that. <laughs> okay. So I am looking forward to The Hobbit too. not as much as you are, of course.
1: What number one movie are you looking forward to?
0: Night at the Museum. The third one.
1: Is Robin Williams going to be in this one?
0: Yeah, he had several movies that he had finished and were scheduled to come out before he died.
1: You know what? I'm going to see it just for him. And it's going to be hard because this will be one of the last movies we'll get to see with Robin Williams in it. Yeah,
0: but I'm looking forward to it because the Night at the Museum movies are really good. They're not just kids' movies. Very true. So what's some other movies we're looking forward to? Paddington. You know the children's storybooks about the funny,
1: mischievous teddy bear. I wouldn't say mischievous. He just had a knack for being in the wrong place at the wrong time.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. The trailer was so funny. I was beaming from ear to ear, cracking up. It is going to be a good movie. Paddington Bear was cool when we were kids. I don't think today's kids would even know who that was. No,
1: they're too busy listening to One Direction.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or on their iPad.
1: No offense to kids who like One Direction. Yes. Well, one that I'm looking forward to is Dracula Untold. This Dracula movie sounds really cool because it's kind of Dracula from a different perspective. It's all about what will one do to thwart bad people. Hmm. The graphics looks really cool for this. It's got some great talent in it. I'm personally really excited. Yeah, I am too. I
0: want to see it, but you're really into vampire stuff.
1: I have an interest in some of these supernatural television shows and movies, but Mm -hmm. that's really all it's limited to. What's another one you're looking forward to?
0: Well, I want to see The Maze Runner. I mean, it goes along with the dystopian teen movie trend but this looks interesting. It looks more action-packed and it looks like it's a different take on that trend.
1: Again, this is one of these movies that I think is going to be either really good or it's going to be really bad. I agree. And I'm kind of waiting before I go see it.
0: Oh, come on. You can't rely on the critics.
1: Coming from two people who are critiquing movies. (laughs) I know,
0: right? But we're not professional critics.
1: No, no one pays us to critique things.
0: I would gladly do that job, though.
1: So what's another movie you're looking forward to seeing? That's it. That's it? Well, you had mentioned that you wanted to see the interview with Seth Rogen and James Franco. Oh, yes. The one that
0: North Korea got so mad about because it's making fun of the leadership in North Korea. It's very politically incorrect. And it's one of those comedies that's going to be offensive to some people. But it looks so funny. And did you know that North Korea was so mad about it that they made a threat to the U.S.?
1: I'm not surprised.
0: Actually, I don't think he flat out made a threat, but he said that the movie was an act of war. No, it's not. Seth Rogen and James Franco just want to make fun of something that they don't agree with. Come on. It's them.
1: Well said. There are a lot of his movies that I just... And I don't yeah. really like. But my favorite one would have to be 50-50.
0: Oh my gosh, He did yes. such
1: an amazing job on that movie.
0: And I think that movie helped to show people that aren't normally into his type of films that he really is talented.
1: He is talented. I think that there is so much from Seth Rogen that we just haven't seen yet. I think he's going to be one of those people whose career is really going to blossom.
0: I think he's going to be around for a long time.
1: So... We want to know, what movie are you looking forward to? And you can tell us an indie movie, something that we've never heard of. So even though this summer's blockbuster hits was not up to our expectations, along comes fall with its own sort of premieres, and that is TV premieres. Oh
0: my gosh, I am so excited. Looks like there are so many amazing shows coming out.
1: Is it just me, or does the quality seem to...
0: The production standards for television shows are increasing. Television networks are now putting a lot more into their shows, and there's a resurgence of television shows.
1: Do you think it has anything to do with the fact that movies are becoming so expensive to make, or with streaming?
0: I f- I think that streaming services like Netflix and Amazon Prime, I think it makes a little bit of difference, but people are always going to want to go to the movie theater for that experience. I just think that there are not that many great movies that are coming out and people are more excited now about television shows than they are movies just because of the lack of good movies.
1: Well, I was just going to say because Netflix and Hulu and some of these other services are creating their own television shows, and I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if that's causing some sort of competition.
0: Well, if you look at the Emmys that just recently took place, for the first time, shows that were created just for those streaming services, like Orange is the New Black, and then I think House of Cards was nominated, but for the first time, those shows were nominated, I don't think they really won anything, but the fact that they were nominated in the first place just shows that the industry is changing, but I think there will always be television shows on networks and movies and movie theaters.
1: Let me ask this since you've recently become a Game of Thrones fan. Do you think that HBO's quality of shows, like Game of Thrones... Coming in, getting all these awards, getting lots of media attention, becoming the most pirated television show in history, do you think that could be a factor?
0: I think that it makes some television networks see that audiences want the higher quality, but at the same time, people have to pay for that higher quality or pirate it. But I think just networks are saying, hey, we can finally compete for the attention with movies and so I think they're taking advantage of that. So, because we're talking about television shows, I think it's a good time now to talk about fall television shows that we're so excited about.
1: Sure, but first, we have to introduce our special guest, Lynn. Mm -hmm. Hi everybody out there in podcast land. (laughs) This is Lynn.
0: Even though she's a cord cutter, which means that she doesn't really have cable. She has just the basic service. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. And she got rid of Netflix. (laughs) She is still a huge television guru and nerd.
1: And it would just seem wrong if we didn't have Lynn on this part of the episode. Well, thanks. I found out that my friends were
2: going to be talking about TV and I was like, hey, I want to come and talk about my favorite television television show that's (laughs) airing next week and they're like,
0: okay, I'm like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to talk about a variety of shows. Your specialty, of course, Lynn, is
1: Supernatural, which, (laughs) which we will get to. But first, let's talk about the new shows that are coming to television that really got us interested. So the first show we're going to talk about is Gotham.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay, so Lynn, you haven't had a chance to watch it yet, have you?
2: No, I haven't. I really don't know why I haven't. I've just kind of been re-watching Supernatural right now, so that's kind of taken <laughs> over my life. Yeah. Um. But yes, I was super excited about Gotham. It, the trailers mm-hmm. and everything looked amazing. And I like the actors that they picked, so I'm intrigued. Yeah, they picked some
0: high-end actors,
1: I think they were really good in their casting. I think they were very cautious and meticulous about who they picked for Mm -hmm. each role. And I think that really pays off.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we'll try not to spoil it for you or anybody else who hasn't watched it yet.
2: It's okay. I mean, I kind of know somewhat of the Batman story or like Mm -hmm. those characters. So I'm not too concerned about
0: it getting ruined. Do you know any of the characters that are on the show, Lynn?
2: I guess it's about Gotham, like the city. But it's... Gordon, and then Bruce Wayne is a little kid, and then they have some of the villains, like the Riddler and the Penguin, Mm -hmm. and Catwoman, too. Right, but right now she's a little kid on the show. Okay. Also, didn't they make up new characters, too, that aren't in the comic books?
1: That actually caused a lot of the comic book community to be kind of frustrated, because one of the first villains you come in contact with is a woman named Fish Mooney who runs a nightclub and is a henchman for Falcone, and she's not in the comics at all.
0: Right, and I say to the comic book fans out there, get over it, because this character character is great. I mean, I can see why at first they might be concerned with, oh, they're introducing new characters to the Gotham that we all know and love, but the way that they did it and her character is seamlessly blended well into the show that I think it's perfect. I think it's genius. And plus, this is the pre-story to the whole yeah. Bruce Wayne and
2: yeah. And what makes TV so cool is that they can do those sort of things. So like you could take a story from the Bible that supernatural does all the time but twist it and make it different for TV,
0: mm-hmm.
2: which makes it fun and exciting. So I see why you know, maybe the people who did Gotham wanted to do that because they can and it's fun and exciting, but I understand why the people who read the comics are like, why would you do that? I'm sure there's some female person in the comics that could have been that
1: role. I don't know. but They could you know. have, but they're bringing something new. Yeah. It's fresh. So, mm-hmm. And when it comes to television and movies, they do take liberties. I think what it comes down to is does the liberty pay off? Does it right. make sense? Right,
0: Because even though they are taking it from a different perspective,
1: it still seems like the Gotham that we know so this show is really good so far, mm-hmm. but it's been two episodes mm-hmm. and without trying to give too much away, it really gives you a good introduction of the different villains and their backstories and how the crime syndicate versus the Waynes really play a part in shaping Gotham.
0: Mm-hmm. My favorite villain so far is the penguin.
1: Is it because you love penguins? <laughs> well, no! See, <laughs> see, if that were the case,
0: I would be like, why does the penguin have to be mean? Penguins are amazing! I do love penguins, but I think this character is just amazing.
1: My favorite villain is not really a villain at this point in the show. He is the Riddler, a.k.a. Edward Nigma. Mm-hmm. And he plays the forensic scientist mm-hmm. for the city of Gotham. And he always comes and talks to him like, guess what I found? He seriously wants them to guess. And so they're like, we don't have time for this, cut it out. He is just such a funny but oddly lovable character at this point. Right, and I do like
0: him too. I think that they did an amazing casting choice with him also. And even if you're not a comic book fan, you can still see the establishment of the characters being set up. I think it's important to do because they know that it's not just going to be the comic book fans that are watching.
1: Definitely. So Gotham comes on Monday nights on Fox. Make sure you check it out. Mm Mm-hmm. So, the next new show that we've got coming up is Forever. Oh,
0: yes. I have to think of what that show is when you say that name.
1: Maybe they just
2: need a new name for it.
0: No, I think it's appropriate. It's because
2: that guy doesn't ever die, right?
1: Right. So, I mean, the title makes sense. So, for those of you who don't know, this show is about Dr. Henry Morgan, who, for some unknown reason, starting about 200 years earlier, found out that he... Cannot die. Every time that he does, he finds himself rebirthed, so to speak, Mm -hmm. coming out of a body of water, always naked. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Of course. Yeah,
0: channeling the Hulk.
1: And in the meantime, he's trying to figure out why he can't die, in addition to solving everybody else's deaths, in a very Sherlock Holmes manner. It does remind
0: me a lot of Sherlock Holmes.
1: Well what he does is he's the person who inspects the body, who finds out the cause of death, and mm-hmm. from there he sort of happenstance forms this relationship with his detective. And helps her figure out who committed this crime and how.
0: Right. So you know it's they? kind of Sherlock Holmes in reverse, almost. Yeah. Yep.
1: And his backstory is very interesting. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a good show so far. Mm-hmm.
0: Does that show interest you, Liz?
1: Yes and no. It was kind of on my
2: secondary list of shows <laughs> I wanted to try out. Because there are so many that I want to watch. And I just haven't gotten around to them yet. So...
0: No, is this list like actually written down
2: yeah i have it all on my planner <laughs> you have a tv show planner that is so fun i have a planner for everyday life i just include my television in that planner so on my calendar for the month of september i have written down when the shows that i'm re-watching are coming back on and then when the new shows are starting
0: so <laughs> I've never heard of anyone putting down television well, I'll shows. i forget when they
1: start if
2: I don't write it down. So Maybe someday I'll check it out, but it wasn't on my to-do list right
1: away. <laughs> It's good. You should put it on your to-do list. And for those of you out there who are intrigued by this show, it comes on Tuesdays, 10, 9 central on ABC. Talking about a show that is new, but we haven't actually gotten to see the premiere for it yet, is Constantine, which is on NBC. Oh, an NBC show, okay. I know, we had to include just one, right? <laughs> well, they have a lot of recurring shows.
0: That's true. That...
1: Well, they've got a new show coming out called Constantine, which is based on the comic book series Hellblazer from DC Comics. Uh, Demon hunter John Constantine has tried to abandon his fight against evil just to live a normal life, but the moment he does that, it seems like evil comes after him to draw him back in. and He doesn't really have a choice,
0: does it kind of have the Dracula film?
1: You didn't watch Angel, but no. No, you I did. did. <laughs> Love it. It. <laughs> it kind of has an Angel feel to it. He's kind of like Angel in that this is kind of his curse, but this is what he was meant to do. He's been the fight for his soul. So. This show is what looks like one that could be either really good or really bad. But I encourage everybody to check out the premiere. Yeah, I think the people who are
2: fans of him in the comic books were intrigued by it. I don't think there was too much negative talk in regards to it.
0: See, I didn't know that it was based off of a comic book. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just a new show, but comic books are killing it right now.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. They have a huge market
0: networks and movies are now drawing from the comic
1: books themselves. You take a good comic, and you take a good director who knows how to bring it to screen, regardless of whether it's your TV screen or a movie screen. I mean, you play your cards right, you can bring these characters to life, and you can make a boatload of money off of it. The special effects for Constantine look top-notch. I know you haven't seen the trailer for it yet, but, again, this looks like one of the shows where they really are investing good money and time into it to create a very good show
0: it's one i'll check out for sure
1: it was on my to-do list <laughs> because you watch liz cool <laughs> it sounds very similar to
2: supernatural like he's a demon hunter and that's kind of the stuff that i like so, so it's on your first priority
1: list. right even okay. though i haven't watched anything yet <laughs> okay. so it's october 24th and fridays at 10 9 central on nbc speaking of comic books and superheroes. Another new superhero show is headed to the TV screen. The Flash. I am
0: really looking forward to this. Even though I don't know much about The Flash, it looks like it's going to be a really fun show.
1: Well this is by The CW and The CW has already done a really good job again with Smallville and then The Green Arrow. So, I'm pretty confident they can do a really good job.
2: Yeah, it's been getting a lot of hype. A lot of people are super excited about it. Really great reviews. I've loved all the trailers for it. Mm -hmm. And just as like a FYI, it premieres right before Supernatural premieres. So, just (laughs) keep the TV on and keep watching. So,
0: (laughs) So they put like back-to-back amazing
1: programming. Yeah. (laughs) You were right, Sheila. 100%. (laughs) So, it premieres on October 7th at 8, 7 central. So, another TV show that's come out is Scorpion. Yes. Now, this is a show that Sheila kind of forced me to watch because I thought, mm, I'm not so sure this is going to be great. But it turns out it is actually pretty good.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it has its flaws. It's one of those shows that they don't make very believable. And I'm not the only one. If you go online and read on Twitter or, like, message boards and stuff, other people are criticizing. But I think if their writing gets to be more believable, I think it will get better. And I also don't like the main character as much. I like the other characters, though.
1: Well, I think the second episode was a lot better than the first one Mm -hmm. when it comes to believability and more realistic choices. Mm Mm-hmm. As far as the main character goes, I like him.
2: What's the storyline though? Because when I saw the trailers, it just looked like leverage to me. And so I was like, why are they doing the same story again?
1: It kind of is. Scorpion is about a bunch of, I kind of want to say misfit nerds.
0: Well, they're misfit geniuses.
1: So one of them has an incredible way with numbers. And he's got a photographic memory.
0: He's my favorite character on that show.
1: Another one is a master psychologist who can actually pick up on what people are thinking and feeling and he based can manipulate yeah,
0: and he can manipulate them too.
1: And he can manipulate them based on that. The next person is a brilliant mechanical engineer mm-hmm. who also has a talent for Busting open locks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then the the very main character is a tech guy, essentially. Mm -hmm. When he was a little kid, he broke into the NASA's database so he could get blueprints of a shuttle to put on his wall.
0: Yeah, just for decor.
1: Sounds like leverage to me. Oh,
0: really?
2: It looked good but it was kind of put in my secondary category because I was like that storyline seemed to have already been told through Leverage, which I loved that show. Mm-hmm.
1: So well, this is supposed to be based off of a true story. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, what? What do you mean true story? <laughs> this is supposed to be like the main character is based off of his story.
0: Stuff like that does happen in real life. I think it's a show that has a lot of good potential.
1: I agree with that. Another really good new show. Red Band Society.
0: Oh, it's, it's a really good show.
1: So if you don't know what Red Band Society is, it's about the Adolescent Intensive Care Unit. Mm-hmm. For all these children who are essentially terminally ill, they're dealing with cancer or other really serious illnesses, mm-hmm. it's about them living and growing up and dealing with illness and growing up in this hospital and mm-hmm. the friendships that they form. And of course, actress Octavia Spencer is in this.
0: Oh, I love her.
1: She's a nurse, right?
0: Yeah. They casted the show so well, and having her in this show is just absolutely amazing. Seriously, I can't rave enough about her in this show.
1: Well, she's one of these characters who you think you have kind of figured out, but she surprises you. I think there's a more complicated backstory to her that we'll eventually get to see, but she's a mother hen, but she's a very atypical typical mother hen to these kids. And then of course the casting for the other nurses and doctors in the show oh. are really good. Is
0: is it a show that you would wanna watch?
1: Yes, that was written on my calendar.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it looked really good. Mm-hmm. And I don't really gravitate towards medical shows. Right. But it didn't really feel like that to me. It seemed very character driven, which mm-hmm. is what I really like in TV shows. And some of the actors who played some of the kids looked familiar to me, like I've seen them somewhere else, but I haven't looked that up yet.
1: Yeah, that's what I
2: was
0: thinking too. Yeah, I don't know who... One of the little boys I recognize, but it could be really sad, but I think it's a show that everyone can enjoy.
1: I think it's it's meant to be a family show. Yeah. Is it more like towards comedy or drama? It's a mix. Again, it doesn't feel like a medical show. Mm -hmm. It's just a very growing up, coming of age kind of story. It's really focused about each character and their struggles and forming unlikely friendships mm-hmm.
0: see I was afraid that the show would be just too sad that it would just be a drama but they didn't make it that way and I think that was really smart of them
1: mm-hmm. just when it comes down to it the writing is brilliant mm-hmm. absolutely it is. brilliant this yeah. is by Fox and you can view it on Wednesday nights so set your recorder or turn your TV channel or watch it online when in <laughs> you're like I your do <laughs> yes. yeah. It <laughs>
0: Or Hulu Plus if it's on there or whatever. So there are a lot more amazing shows that are coming out, but we just don't have time to cover them all. So what about the shows that have come out for another season?
1: So returning shows. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think my top returning show would have to be... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And Lynn, I have to say, I am personally insulted. You have not watched this show yet. Oh, it's good. It is good. I started
2: watching it, and then I had to let it go because I was needing to focus on other shows. (laughs) So I just had to make that choice.
1: Yeah.
0: It's one of those shows, though, that you do have to focus on. So you can't just... I can't jump back into it. I know I can't. Right.
1: Well, I think the most exciting thing for season one is... Oh my goodness, Agent Coulson is alive! And this ragtag team that he kind of formed in Season 1, again, it was an odd assorted mix, but it fits somehow. Mhm. And you loved them.
0: Well, they did a good job of making it part of the Marvel Universe and part of, like, the Captain America storyline and stuff. Yeah,
1: I love that. Yeah, I just think that's so cool
0: but still a separate story.
1: Well, the fact that they incorporated it so well, I think it's just top-notch. It, but as much as I loved the characters and the way they formed the characters in season one, at first you really had to work to keep watching the show, oh, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. Is top-notch your technical word it for...
1: My, it, is my, it is my technical term.
0: You know a show is amazing, or top-notch, as Sarah says it's top-notch.
1: top-notch. <laughs> <laughs> but season two really makes up for any flaws or weaknesses of season one, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think this season's gonna be really good.
1: Not to mention, season two has promises of lots and lots of really cool celebrity guest spots coming Mm -hmm. up, Yeah, including Lucy Lawless was in the first episode. So for a different kind of violence, let's go to the supernatural type and the return of Sleepy Hollow.
0: Woohoo! It's such a good show. I was like, Sarah, you have to watch this. The first season, she's like, oh, I don't
1: know. Excuse uh, me? No, that's not <laughs> what happened. Lies after lies. You don't, I said I was going to watch it, and you said, eh, I don't know.
0: That's not how it went. But It's more of a horror. It's <laughs> along the lines of that genre, which Sarah doesn't like. So I was surprised that she wanted to watch.
1: I don't think it's along the lines of horror. I think it's more along the lines of supernatural. It takes this very plausible, very believable demon world and incorporates things from Revelations and the Bible and puts into this show starring Ichabod Crane, which if you ever saw the cartoon, you kind of figured was this guy who was, well he was a craven, right? You haven't seen it, have you, Lynn? I haven't. It sounds like I would like it.
0: Yes, I really do think you would. And
2: John Noble is in it and I love him. Mm Because I loved Fringe, and he was amazing in that show. And he was in The Lord of the Rings, too.
1: Yes.
0: So, yeah, I would like to. (laughs) The two main characters, they're just amazing. Their chemistry and everything. Oh, And it's not one of those shows that's always serious. It has its funny moments, too.
1: Yes. So the premise of the show, in case you have not seen season one and you live under a rock.
0: (laughs) Or haven't heard of it.
1: (laughs) Is essentially Ichabod Crane somehow winds up waking up in the 21st century. He's from
0: George Washington's time.
1: He died, or he thought he died, during the Revolutionary War, fighting what we think in history was a battle of the Americans versus the British monarchy, but in reality, it was actually more than just British versus the New Americas. It was also a fight against evil
0: good versus evil and so demons like demons
1: and such so
0: the founding fathers were actually in on the secret and so they weren't just battling for america they were battling for good to help save the
1: world and i appreciate how they have depictions of some of these characters that actually coincides with historically how they are actually remembered to be <laughs> yeah. not so much as the oh the proud founding fathers are yeah. so regal you know they're human
0: yeah they make them very human-like so it's funny that... well that's
1: what's kind of cool
2: about fantasy and sci-fi even though it might be somewhat unrealistic there's still tons of human qualities mixed in that world so you can relate to it and still live in like this fantasy world
1: and some of the funniest moments from the show is Ichabod trying to adjust to the 21st century. <laughs> yeah. One of my personal favorite moments is actually when he visits this museum where they're covering the midnight ride of Paul Revere. <laughs> and he, and this guy is telling the children, and Paul Revere said, the British are coming, the British are coming. <laughs> and Ichabod's in the back just aghast. He's like, they're telling it wrong <laughs> and he steps up and he goes uh no no he was actually covering somebody else's route and he didn't say the british are coming since we we're all british that would have been quite confusing <laughs> he says the regulars are coming and he's like and i'll have you know paul Revere, da, 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 da. and, he's, and he's, this guy's like who are you did yeah. you say we and,
0: and, <laughs> and the fact is he still dresses like he's In the Revolutionary War, and so people think he's crazy. It's really funny. (laughs) First couple
1: episodes, they try to have him committed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because they think he's crazy.
1: (laughs) But again, season two, the premiere was amazing without giving away any spoilers. The team is back together to fight evil, and it's interesting to see the motivations for each of the evil characters.
0: I will say though that I thought the second episode was better because I still wasn't used to having that break and so it took me a while to get into the show again.
1: I think anytime you have a season two or three, and maybe Lynn you can back me up on this, when you have a long period of time in between the seasons you need to have a good recap of what mm-hmm. happened in the season before and especially what happened in that last episode.
2: Yeah, Supernatural does a really good job with doing that, and also like now that Twitter is really huge and Facebook networks and writers and directors are really using that to engage fans during those breaks. That also helps too.
0: And the networks are also doing reruns of the episodes from season one, like Sleepy Hollow was doing it, and American Horror Story is doing a lot.
1: Talking about the interesting ways that television is really trying to use social media. I found out that Fox actually has a SoundCloud, and they upload some of, like, Ichabod Crane's voicemail messages to Abby (laughs) on there, and then it has the Corbin files to really engage listeners, and I thought that was incredible.
0: I follow them on Facebook. They post a lot of behind-the-scenes production photos before an episode airs to try to get people to watch the episode.
1: Also, right now on Audible, for free, they have a thing where you can download The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, the actual short story, the guy who plays Ichabod Crane on the TV show narrating it.
0: Oh, I'm going to have to check that out because I'm used to the Johnny Depp version. (laughs) So
1: That's going to be on Fox Monday nights. Make sure you check that out. One show that's
0: not airing right now, but it's coming back for another season is elementary have you seen any of the episodes lynn no it's not on any of my list so <gasps> oh lynn it is I'm, a good show i
2: know but i like sherlock bbc so that's where i kind of yeah. stay with that story we'll
0: see i wasn't really interested in this show sarah told me about it and i was like oh yeah
1: And I'm i started not... watching i'm like well screw you i'm gonna watch it yeah
0: i mean i like sherlock holmes i loved the robert downey jr movies But then I started watching it with Sarah, and I have to say I love the show. It's something that I think anybody can enjoy.
1: And I love Sherlock too, the BBC version, and Benedict Cumberbatch is amazing as Sherlock. The thing about elementary is it's a new take on Sherlock Holmes. So for me, loving both, I can still watch both and be a fan of each one because, again, it's a new take. Sherlock is a recovering heroin addict who Joan Watson starts out actually as a sober companion who is hired by his father to come live with him and keep him sober. They're living in New York City solving crimes and you've got new police detectives and then you start to see Mycroft, which again is another take on this character. Oh that's cool. Joan Watson slowly starts to go, well do I want to be a sober companion or do I really like solving crimes with this guy and actually winds up here's a spoiler sorry winds up joining Sherlock and studying under him and becoming a private detective and it's not just their two friends because she's really his only friend and she keeps him sober. It's a really interesting dynamic, and if you haven't seen it, you really have to. Mm -hmm.
0: I think a lot of people were mad that they made Watson a female character, but I think that they're a great duo in this show for the twist that they put on Sherlock Holmes. When you saw that, were you mad,
1: Lynn? No, I didn't care. That's no big deal. (laughs) Again, I think it comes down to... The literary changes you make are fine as long as you do them well and you can pull it off. A good example of this is the new Hobbit movies that came out. The elf character from the second one, Tariel, who's falling in love with one of the dwarf companions, was never ever in the Hobbit book. Huh. She's a completely 100% made up for the movie. Most people who haven't really read the books couldn't tell.
0: Well, I read like one chapter, (laughs) and so I have the book, but I've never read the story, so...
1: Which is a shame
2: because it's so good. I'm like halfway through and I've been halfway through for like forever.
0: (laughs) Can't get myself to finish it. That's funny. But the Hobbit movies are good.
1: Anyway, getting back on track, that was Elementary, which premieres for the new season October 30th at 10, 9 central on CBS. So many shows are coming out in October. Oh, yeah. They're premiering even later. Well, I think they're trying to break it up so that way you have fewer shows competing at the start, you know, competing for premiere ratings.
0: And it also depends on when they got done with their shooting as well.
1: One of my personal favorites that I'm not sure you two will be, you know, as crazy about that I have to talk about, the new season of Grey's Anatomy. Season what, like 35? Yes, (laughs) actually season 11, but... Yeah, <laughs> well, Okay, it so then I'm like forever, so. It has been on forever, but it's one of those shows that the reason why it's been on forever is they can continue to evolve and bring in new characters. It's got kind of a same dramatic feel, but you still love these new characters just as much. See,
0: I think they're stretching it too far. I don't watch the show at all. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because I'm tired of it or what, but I'm just not crazy about this new season so far.
1: I am really intrigued. Last season, we said goodbye to Dr. Christina Yang, which you were actually, Sheila, kind of excited for because you were getting irritated with her. Mm -hmm. She
0: (laughs) was one of the main characters.
1: But in her place is a new doctor who turns out to be the half-sister of Meredith Grey.
0: For spoilers. (laughs) For spoiler alerts.
1: And she's trying to figure out how to get to know Meredith who at first tends to have a really prickly demeanor towards her, and we're not exactly sure why. I'm excited to see how that all turns out.
0: I don't know how much longer they can go on with this show. I think it's getting tiring. I'm shocked
1: that it's still on the
2: air. Really, Like like I said before, I don't really like medical shows, Mm -hmm. so no interest whatsoever to even start watching it from the beginning. But it just surprises me that A medical type show could last that long because like house was really good but it only went to like season seven I think yeah
0: I mean I really enjoyed house but after a while I just got tired of it I think medical shows have the time and the place and I think right now that time and place is over
1: well I think Shonda Rhimes is brilliant and I think she's the reason why it's stayed on as long as it has for
0: people who don't know who Shonda Rhimes is
1: I'm not sure if she's a producer, director, or both of the show. Okay. Essentially, she's the creator of the show. But again, I think it's the filtering of the cast, creating exits for characters who may be getting old or stale and bringing in new, fresh characters for you to fall in love with and keeping that storyline really going. It
0: is a very dynamic show, I, I will say. I mean, for a medical show... And I think that's the only way you can really do it with a medical show, is by keep on rotating.
1: Yeah, because unlike you, I'm not a typical medical show person. I mean, I maybe watched maybe a season of House or a couple of episodes here and there, mm-hmm. but I never really got into it. But Grey's Anatomy, I mean, I was in the middle of a season and I got hooked. And it was a good ensemble cast. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, show. yeah.
0: Yeah. Isn't that how Catherine Heigl got her start? I think so. Or um, w- was she in some other stuff before that? I don't, I don't know. I know that's where most people heard about her from.
2: I mean, I can give it one thing because the actor, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, was in Grey's Anatomy and he plays Sam and Dean Winchester's father in Supernatural. So it has <laughs> that going for it.
0: Okay, Lynn, so it sounds like you're <laughs> ready to talk about Supernatural now. Oh! <gasps>
1: She not deny her anymore. Uh, she's,
0: like, getting the shakes over here. Supernatural, supernatural. every time I say the word supernatural?
1: Like, she's like, is it, are, are we going? No.
0: <laughs> so, Lynn is a huge Supernatural fan. So, I've only seen one season, and you've never watched it, have you, Sarah?
1: I have watched it. I got, I've, gotten boor- I've gotten bored and occasionally watched it, and was like about ready to hop over the table. <laughs> and strangle
0: you. <laughs> Take that back. <laughs> so, okay, Lynn, what is it about Supernatural that you love?
2: Oh my goodness. I don't know how to answer that. I love <laughs> so much about the show.
0: Is it maybe the actors in it?
2: Well, Jensen Ackles is a phenomenal <laughs> actor, and I feel like he's really underrated. He does so well on that show. Okay. And Jared Padalecki has gotten so much better since the first season. Like, he's really grown as well. But for me, I think it's just I've fallen in love with the characters, especially the brothers dynamic, Sam and Dean. Mm -hmm. And that just draws you in. And you just want to know their story. You want to know how they're dealing with this world that they live in and, like, what's going to happen to them next. Eric Kripke, who was the creator of the show, did a really phenomenal job. He had a set story arc in mind for season 1 through 5. Season 1 through 5 was the storyline of, can you fight destiny? Is your future written in stone? And Sam and Dean are always advocating for free will. And then Jeremy Carver took over for seasons 8, 9, and 10 and he also kind of has a set story arc. Mm -hmm. And Hmm. so it's just so cool to see how Supernatural has opened up their world to so much stuff like heaven
1: Mm -hmm. and falling
2: angels and purgatory and hell. There's just this huge world going on.
1: I have to say, I really like the idea of having storylines about fallen angels. I really think the angels are maybe a bit more complex than we ever get to really talk about or explore. How many
0: seasons are they planning on doing?
1: Well, season 10 premieres on Tuesday,
2: October 7th. And as far as I can tell from like things that Kath have talked about and some producers and the head of the network, there's at least going to be a season 11. Like That's <laughs> guaranteed. Okay. Whether it goes on from there or not, we don't know. It could go on. I think it just depends on if the actors want to stay mm-hmm. and if the ratings are good.
0: Yeah. I think it's interesting that they draw from a lot of myth and legends of um, supernatural stories of different cultures and stuff. But are they running out of this well, type
2: of thing? that's kind of what season one was about. Yeah. It was like, these two brothers, they're out on the road, they're hunting demons, they're hunting these different legends... But then it grew into so much more. It's not
1: really about that anymore. I have a brilliant idea of how they can keep it going with another season. What if... The guy from Forever <laughs> somehow winds up meeting Dean and Sam, and he uses his medical skills to help figure out which demon or something. I, I think there's potential there. Oh, and then they can and then <laughs> no, they can throw
0: <laughs> and then they can throw in the cast from Elementary, and then no, no, they can no, 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 no and then they can get the Scorpion team and help them, and then you can add in the Marvels Agents of Shield cast, the well, good guys.
1: You come
2: in. Well, speaking of Marvel. Loki was on Supernatural, oh. and Thor's hammer was on Supernatural as well. So do they have Link a l- can coexist?
0: <laughs> do they have a lot of guest appearances on that show?
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of actors from Psych also acted on Supernatural.
0: Of course, the show that
2: you love. Yes, Psych is also a really great show.
1: <laughs> Some of the episodes that I have seen were pretty good. It's just that. I don't know. I didn't have enough of that foundation to really lure me in and keep mm-hmm. watching.
0: Because it's one of those shows that you have to keep up with, right?
2: Yeah. If you were to watch the season premiere, you would probably be really confused. <laughs> but something that Supernatural does that's really great is that at the beginning of a season, they have this thing called The Road So Far. And so it's just clips and scenes from previous seasons showing you what has happened. And it's really awesome because... Another thing that makes Supernatural really great is the music. It's all classic rock, like the best music <laughs> there is. It's not the stupid pop music. The
0: stupid pop music, okay. I seem to remember that you have listened to that, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, we well, can hear
0: your and <laughs> so, so we're calling her out on
2: that. <laughs> Whatever. So... It has really good music, and the Road So Far clips are always scored with really great classic rock. Mm -hmm.
1: So I guess the only way we can tell when Supernatural is going to end is when they run out of songs.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's going
0: to be the measurement.
2: (laughs) A lot of fans have been talking that they don't really know what the storyline for Season 10 can be because there's so many possibilities. So it'll be interesting to see kind of where they take it because there's still so much... Like the heaven storyline hasn't ended yet, the hell storyline hasn't really come to a conclusion yet, and Dean has now turned into a demon, so that <laughs> is going to be interesting. Does he call himself Dean the Demon? Because <laughs> I mean, he called Dean Man. You know, um, Dean Man.
0: I liked your version better. That's Sarah. what the fans are saying. I think, oh. I think he should
1: call himself Dean the Demon and have this one that's Hello My Name Is and like write it on his little name tag.
0: <laughs> and then he can have like flames coming out from him.
1: Demons like, don't have flames.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, sorry. My version. He would be like <laughs> running and flames would be trailing behind him. Are you thinking
1: of Ghost Rider with the, the motorcycle of. on fire? <laughs> well,
0: it goes with the classic rock music. Speaking of which, that car on that show I have to say is really cool. Oh my
2: gosh. Yeah, the car is a character of its own. Really? the 1967 Chevy Impala and it's the most prettiest car I've ever seen in my life. (laughs)
0: When we went to Comic-Con... It was
2: there. Yeah. I spent so long staring at that car, taking so many pictures.
1: Not just staring, I think you're plotting on how to steal it. I'm not a car person at all, so I was really surprised at how much I really liked that car. That goes to prove that some of the things that we think are not important like even a watch or some shoes or what a character wears, where they live, it all reflects them and so I think those pieces are very important and I think you're picking up on that.
0: Well and they become iconic themselves like for instance Wizard of Oz and Dorothy's Red Shoes. I mean those are an icon in and of themselves.
2: Dorothy was on Supernatural and Oh, so was Oz
0: so there you go. <laughs> okay so do they just like throw random characters in the story? <laughs> well
2: can't really remember her storyline all that well but Supernatural can just take things and just tweak it and make it Super natural like and put it in the show so it's really cool
0: is it kind of like how they do on once upon a time where they bring in the different characters and incorporate it into the story
2: dorothy was only there for one episode
0: oh okay and they took
2: another returning character felicia day and incorporated her storyline in with dorothy and then it ended in that one episode but
0: oh okay so it's not to the extent that once upon a time does it but right they, okay yeah
1: that makes sense Do they ever talk about their airline miles or their hotel travel points? Because (laughs) I I really think, as much as they travel, they could be getting some four-star hoteling going on. Well, that 67 (laughs) Impala gets no gas mileage at all in real
2: life, so... They clearly spend way too much money on gas. Like we don't understand how they can travel the whole country in that car.
0: Oh, so they don't show them constantly having to get gas? I mean, we see
2: them in gas stations, but Uh there's this fan of the show that bought a 67 Impala and rebuilt it from scratch. It's a really amazing story. I mean, it's a hard car to rebuild because parts are old and you have to Mm -hmm. find them and it's really expensive. And so it's now rebuilt. It took him like two or three years to finally get it all working but he said he only gets, like, five miles per gallon. Oh like, to the gallon. So like, he, he doesn't understand how Sam and Dean can just be driving <laughs> this car everywhere. He really can't take it out on the road. It's
0: going to be too expensive. Did this guy build it because he's such a big fan of the show, or was he like, oh, I'm going to build it because I'm a fan and I like this car?
2: I can't remember if the first article gave a lot of his background, but it sounded like he was in a really tough place in his life and the show kind of helped encourage him.
0: Nothing like killing demons and flying with angels to get you up (laughs) off your butt.
1: (laughs) I think that goes to show how a good television show, even a movie, can make an impact in your life. And you think it shouldn't, but it can. It's one of those
0: shows where you don't think that it would be encouraging, you know?
1: Yeah, Supernatural is
2: pretty dark, but just look at Sam and Dean. They defy the odds all the time. They die and they come back to life. They're always fighting their destiny. They're always advocating for free will, which is very good and important. So it's, there's some takeaways from It's this. those things. I
0: relate to it very well and that's what draws me back. Do you think that a lot of people can relate to it or is it just like a handful of people? I think
2: anyone could. I mean, the Supernatural fans are awesome, and I'm just now kind of realizing how much their fandom is and how cool it is. Because they have their own version of Comic-Con, which is amazing. I mean, I'm so thankful that the actors of the show are willing to give up their free time to do that. It's always three-day weekend at different states all over the U.S., and wow. they do karaoke parties, they do costume contests, <laughs> they have panels, and you can get autographs and stuff, and so I'm going to the Houston one in January, I cannot wait. I bought my photo op ticket, so I get to meet Jensen, I can't wait. Great. <laughs> and we might have you back on so you can talk about it. And their Supernatural fans are really active on Twitter too, and they do a lot of charity work and stuff, <laughs> and it's just really awesome how
0: there's this huge fandom do you think that this show would be as good if it weren't for the fandom or do you think that the fandom adds a little bit extra? I think one
2: of the reasons why the show has been able to make it to 10 seasons and they're going to have their 200th episode this season is because of the actors, the writers, network, and I think it also has to do with the fans as mm-hmm. well. The fans interact with the writers a lot on Twitter and the showrunners as well and I think they take our input. They see what we like, Mm -hmm. they see what we don't like, and so they make changes.
1: I think collaborations like that are great, Mm -hmm, and I think mm -hmm. the fans and their participation with the TV show is, is the icing on top of the cake. For example, Psych.
0: Right. Whenever Psych had
1: those premieres and they occasionally had marathon nights and you had video you could clips. Live of, tweet. Yeah, live yeah. tweets, video clips of Psych fans making their own pineapple videos. I mean, that was incredible.
0: Well, it's becoming a lot more important to do that. At first it was certain types of shows, but now a lot of shows are doing that. Even shows like Sleepy Hollow and- Mhm.
1: Well and talking about the fans, you actually found that there are groups. Yeah, so I've just
0: immersed myself
1: in this (laughs) supernatural fandom.
0: That's why you don't have time for these other shows. Exactly.
2: (laughs) There's a podcast that I listen to of these three guys that analyze season nine. That's where they started making their podcast when season nine was going on they analyze the show and they talk about it as true fans and it's really refreshing to hear them because a lot of Supernatural fans are women and not men.
0: (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) So it's
2: really cool to hear like a man's perspective on the show so I've been listening to them a lot. It's called Supernatural The Crossroads. And one of the story arcs in Supernatural, they introduce these men of letters. They're kind of like a secret society who record all information about all demons, all werewolves, all vampires, all supernatural type things. So it's kind of like a giant library of information mm-hmm. on the supernatural.
0: That sounds like the Freemasons in Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. They have that okay. type of thing too. Mm-hmm.
2: So some of the women fans decided to form this group called the Women of Letters. So there are literally Women of Letter chapters all over the U.S. And there's one right here in the DFW area that I just joined. I think that's great. Yes. So they get together every now and then, have premiere parties and hang out. And they also do charitable work for the Down Syndrome Guild of Dallas. Because Jensen Ackles, his nephew, has Down Syndrome. Aww. And so they formed Team Levi. Levi is his name. And so, they auction off Supernatural items, they raise money selling t-shirts to all go towards the Down Syndrome Guild, and then they also participate in the walk. Oh, that's good. That's
1: cool. That's really cool.
2: The fans are really great, and they really do interact with each other, Mm -hmm. and so I can't wait to go to our premiere party next weekend. When is the premiere again for Supernatural? Tuesday, October 7th at 8pm Central Time, right after The Flash. (laughs) Right after <laughs> the, not the streak, the flash.
0: Yes, those that <laughs> distinction, I think, is important. Very
2: important. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and also, Supernatural is doing a retrospective on Monday, October 6th. And they're going to be talking about all season 1 through 9. And it will be cast interviews and Eric Kripke will be on there talking, which is really
0: cool. Oh, neat. Mm. Check out both of those things then. If you're into Supernatural, if not, would this be a good time to try to get into it?
2: Yeah. Season 9 will be put on Netflix on October 7th when season 10 premieres. So all of 1 through 9 will be on Netflix at that point.
0: So if you want to catch up, go ahead and binge watch it. (laughs) Good luck.
1: (laughs) It's fun. (laughs) And Lynn might just be binge watching with you. (laughs) I'm on season
2: 8 right now, and I get my DVDs from the library, so... If you don't have Netflix,
0: check out your local library. And hopefully they have. (laughs)
1: They actually might. I like to say, support your local libraries. And if
0: you go to a college, support your local college library.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Lynn, for coming on and sharing all your input about Supernatural. Is there anything else you want to say about Supernatural before you leave? I don't know, I hope I did a decent job
0: Yes, for you other Supernatural
1: mm-hmm. fans who
2: might be listening.
0: Uh, <laughs> so don't give her any grief. <laughs> I mean, season 9
2: was such a huge cliffhanger because Dean turned into a demon, and that's how it ended. Mm-hmm. With him opening up his eyes and they were black.
1: Ooh. So,
2: we've just been waiting in anticipation <laughs> for what that means for Dean, what that means for his character, what's gonna happen. So, I just can't wait. Well,
0: that has been the list of TV shows that we are looking forward mm-hmm. to. This has been a rather diverse episode. Probably
1: a little bit extra long, kinda like the 90s episode, mm-hmm. but we felt it was worth it. Yeah, we had to include everything. Uh,
2: thanks for having me, you guys. It was really fun. You're well, welcome. No, no problem. No problem, will, like, thanks for coming. Hopefully we have you back on In the future, (laughs) yes, because there are shows that are airing in the spring that I would love to talk about. Okay.
0: (laughs) Okay. Are these going to be on your top priority list or your secondary list? They're
2: on my top priority list. (laughs) Okay,
0: just making sure. Thank you again for joining us on this episode. Be sure to check out our website, thechickchats.com, where you can see all of our extra content. And thank you again, Lynn, for coming. And tune in next episode to The
1: the Chick Chick
0: Chats. Chats.